God has been leading your pastor and I to look at things differently and how we can do different things and more effectively. And you're going to be hearing about those some of those things on I Love My Church Sunday. But God just confirmed it when our babies let out in worship. Praise God. He's such a powerful God. And when we begin to move, we'll begin to confirm and say, yes, oh yes. That is the direction you're supposed to go in. I'm thankful for a God who cares, who confirms, who helps us to know you are on the right path. Keep walking. I not only hear the sounds of abundance of rain, but I am hearing bones begin to rattle. If you have prayed for a family member or a child that has walked away from God, in your spirit say, God, I want to hear those dead bones start to rattle. Praise God, we are living in a day where God's desire is to draw people back to Him. Our nation, our world, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. Since when has it possible ever stopped you?
wife on Friday, and I said, I don't know what I did all week, but my muscles are right here and right here. I said, when you baptize 25 people is what you did. <laughs> and I know several of them are not here, and I've got some because I messed up and forgot the last time we did it to hand somebody's out. So we've got some here that, but I want to call their name publicly. And if you're here, if you'll come and take this and just kind of spread across the front. Uh, and there's, like I said, there's some, several that I don't see that are here today, but Jake Dahl, we baptized last week. These are all, all baptisms last week. I can grab it for him. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Bills. I can grab that one too. <laughs> Del T, I don't see her here today. Uh, pray for Del. She's dealing with some things uh, with uh, the government as far as um, she is. I want to say she's from Nigeria, but maybe Liberia. But she's dealing with some things, and we just need God to move things that she was unaware of, and so that the Lord just needs to move on her behalf. So remember Del T in the prayers this week. Lisa Jones. Chris Dahman, 
And then one person that did pick it up last week was Reverend Farnsworth. And so he's right back there. He picked this up. And he's the one that reminded me of that. Praise God. Isn't it wonderful when we are able to celebrate the new birth experience with so many different people? Praise God. It's so exciting. We want to do one more thing. I'm going to go ahead and you have them on yet? Nicole's getting ready to call home. For those of you that don't know, Sherry Wyatt is her mother and has been, she's dealing with cancer and she's in a process of a program and a treatment. And so that's why she hasn't been able to be here and she misses us greatly and we miss her greatly. So she's connecting right now to Paul and we just want to everybody wave at Sherry in just a minute. As soon as, she's, as soon as Nicole lets us know we're ready. We want to let Sherry know that we love her. Is she there? Yeah. Sherry, we love you. And we are praying with you. We miss you. Now would you just reach, raise your hands toward the phone and let's just over the airwaves begin to pray for Sherry and Paul. Jesus, by the authority of your word and the power that's in your name, I pray right now for Sherry that your divine strength would come over her from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. Let the healing power of Jesus give her rest in spirit, rest in her physical nature. Lord God, I'm asking you to give her peace that passes all understanding. Give the doctor's wisdom beyond measure. Lord, we look to the great physician right now to do a work in her life in the name that is above every name. Lord Jesus, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, for by your stripes we are healed. We declare it right now in your precious name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Sherry, we love you. We're praying for you. We're with you. God bless you greatly. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Technology is a wonderful thing at times. Praise God. Just a reminder, we are in our acts, or in our acts, we are in our Grace College mode on Monday nights. You're welcome to come and join us. We're on John chapter 3, so you can see how fast we're moving through the book. But that's okay, and uh, we're excited about it. Praise God. Today I want to read from the book of Acts, the first chapter. This could be labeled as part two of last week's message. Because there is something that God wants to give every believer. It's called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is a birth of the Spirit that I believe took place last week for those that went down in His name. But the Bible reveals that there's also a baptism of his spirit. It's referred to as a gift. It is something that is more powerful than anything else in the world. And it's available to each and every one of us. And I want to share that with you today. Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 says, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. It's the Greek word dunamis, dynamite. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere 
in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Turn over to Acts chapter 2, starting at verse number 1. And I'm sorry, she does pretty good. She's catching up. I forgot to give her the... <clears throat> Last week, Owen complained because I went too fast, and now I didn't even give her the scriptures. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers... I want you to notice this, the believers. How many believers do we have here today? All right, they were in the same place, but they hadn't been filled yet. There's something that's greater than just believing. All the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly, that, that, that term really doesn't apply, because there's really nothing sudden about what God does, but it was sudden for those people. God does things from a distance of time. The Bible says that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was already on Calvary in his mind before he even created us. So it wasn't a sudden action of God. It wasn't just a happenstance. It was finally man got lined up with God's calendar and God and man had an experience together. And so suddenly, the Bible says, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. I don't know about you, but it sounded like that a few minutes ago in this house. There was the sound of a roaring mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. The presence of God or the Holy Spirit of God always fills the house before it fills the believer. It's the reason why getting together with fellow believers is so important. It's the reason why coming together as a church is so powerful. Because when the body of Christ gathers together, the presence of God is there filling the house so that it can fill the believers. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Can I just tell you that a lot of people freak out when it talks about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a glorious experience. Speaking in tongues is not weird. It's not crazy. Because if you really just say it in a different way, it is a little bit more palatable. You begin to speak in a language that you have never learned. That's what it means to speak in tongues. And when you get down to the theological measure, it's God speaking through you with a heavenly language that you've never learned. And God will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. We baptized people last time and last week in water. And if you listen closely to what I said, I said, and he shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire. There's nothing I can do to baptize anybody in the Holy Ghost. That's a Jesus baptism. I can do the work of the, the word of the Lord in baptizing people in Jesus' name, but Jesus then baptizes you in his spirit. So then, all of a sudden, all of Jerusalem freaks out because they see these people in the upper room speaking in tongues and acting like, acting like drunk people. See, we're not the only crazy people around here. And then Simon Peter stepped out and said, these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is about the third hour of the day, about 9 a.m. 
And, and seeing it's about the third hour of the day, he says in verse 16 and 17, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Let me say that again. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Listen, the spirit of God has already been poured out upon you. You just need to appropriate it. You just need to receive the gift that he's already given. The Holy Ghost is already available. The gift of the Holy Ghost is already there. And so he goes on and he preaches the revelation of who Jesus is. And it gets down to verse 37. And, and, and Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said unto him, what should we do? And this is what Peter said. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. We talked about that last week. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. We talked about that last week. We did that last week. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you. What's the promise? The promise that if you'll do the repenting and the baptizing, he'll do the refilling and the receiving of your day of his spirit. This is a gift that God has given to us. Promises to you, to your children, and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So then, I won't take the time to read it, but if you read over in Acts chapter 8, an experience takes place, and something happens, and it doesn't say that they spoke in tongues, but it does tell us that there was a man there by the name of Simon that said when they saw Peter and John lay hands on them, that something happened. They saw something that they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And when you take it to other passages, you'll know that that's the speaking in tongues. Because then you get to John or Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Peter is now with Cornelius. And if you read the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, you'll see that God had to rearrange his thinking because he, he, he thought Cornelius would have been unclean. God says, no, 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 I'm doing a new work. And so when Peter gets there in verse 44, I believe it is, the, the Bible says, I can't withhold baptism in Jesus' name because the Spirit fell on them as they did on, the, on us at the beginning because they were baptized in the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And then in Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul runs into disciples of John and says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They were believers but hadn't received the gift of the Holy Ghost yet. And they said, we've not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said, well, then unto what were you baptized? We were baptized unto John. What did John say? I, I, I preached it last week. There cometh one after me who's mightier than I. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. They weren't, they weren't lost. They weren't sinners. They, weren't, they were baptized unto John, but there was something that was even greater than what John was going to be able to give them, and that was the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says when Paul laid hands on them, they began to speak in other tongues and prophesy. Here's what I have come to deliver to you today by the authority of the word. He's wanting to pour out his spirit and baptize us in the Holy Ghost. And for those that have never spoken in that unknown heavenly language, he's wanted to do it for you. He's wanted to speak to you, to be a sign to you that he has totally consumed who you are. It's a gift. If you read 1 Corinthians, Paul says this, covet the best gifts. Well, what greater gift is there than the spirit? 
spirit of Christ because John chapter 14 says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. The Holy Ghost will be, my, will be the guide that is given to us by the Lord. And when we have the Holy Ghost residing in us, that gift, that, that, that ability that he has placed in us, we have received dynamite. Can I tell you what happens when you walk into a spiritual battle with a BB gun or a spiritual battle with a few sticks of dynamite? Well, Pastor, that's just kind of freaky. It can be if you think in natural terms. Can I, hey, let me just have, have just a little discussion. I brought this because I'm going to show you the illustration here in a minute. Why did God choose the sign of speaking in other tongues as the sign of the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you why. Because out of all of the members of our body, all of our body parts, the Bible says there's only one that you and I cannot tame. The tongue. So when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you speak in other tongues, it's a sign to you that says, I have tamed your tongue. So, Pastor, I've prayed about it. I've asked God about it. Let, let me just do a, a quick survey. How many across this congregation have been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another language? Sure, all across here. Now, look around you, everybody else. Are these people weird? No. We're just humans that have been given a gift. Well, Pastor, do I have to have the Holy Ghost? That's the wrong question. The wrong question is, do I get to have the Holy Ghost? Why wouldn't I want the precious gift of the Holy Ghost when it's the gift of Jesus to me? I want his spirit. I want every gift that he can give me. I'm like that child that just bugs mom and dad until they get whatever they want, whatever they want. I, I want to tug at, at Christ's uh, uh, coat and just say, God, what more do you have for me, Jesus? I want more. I want more. Jesus, I got You've got that. I want that. That's the question we need to be asking. Not do I have to have the Holy Do I have to? Do you have to have breath? You don't. Just that you wouldn't be very alive if you didn't. Do I have to have a vehicle? You don't. You can walk. But it's easier with a vehicle. Do, do you have to have good food? No. Go on a diet. None of the diet food's good. I've tried them all. Can't you tell? 
Thank you very much. Why in the world would I want Brussels sprouts when I can have a ribeye? Why would I settle for a little believism when I can have the real thing? Why do I settle for goosebumps and maybe a little bit of hair reason on the back of my neck when the priest team starts to sing when I can have him inside of me at all times? I want his spirit! It's a gift. It's a gift. But there's, a, there, there's something that happens when you, I could have a gift all day long. I could, I could have a nice packaged gift and I could walk down and I could hand it to Chelsea and, and, and she could look at me like, well, what's that? And that gift is meaningless until she takes the gift and opens the gift for herself and finds out what's on the inside. I can give it to her all day long but until she opened, listen, in Acts chapter 2, Jesus gave us the Spirit. The Apostle Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This, what's happening right now in the upper room of Acts chapter 2, what's getting ready to go on all the way around the world, what's getting ready, that's my gift to you. Now you need to open it. So how do we open the gift of God? We repent, we're baptized in his name. And as you begin to worship, I, I don't know necessarily how to, how to explain it, but as you begin to worship and the spirit of God comes over you and you begin to feel the heaviness of his presence in your life, all of a sudden your tongue gets heavy. And then you start making sounds that you never... Now listen, I know that there are some people that haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost because they expect to speak it like somebody that, have, that they have heard speak in tongues. Because, but what you have to realize is it's a new language that you've never learned. I don't know about you, but I didn't speak English very well when I was born. I made some noises. And have you ever figured out that mom usually knew what you were saying and wanting before you actually were able to form the words? You see, God's like that. And so as you begin to make those sounds and you lose your tongue to him, and those sounds begin to come out, it's nothing ma ma magic magical. It's nothing... Uh, you know, it is supernatural, but it's not magical. It's just God signing to you. You are in his presence. He is coming to you. He is immersing you in him. And in order to let you know you're being immersed in him, he speaks in a language that you've never heard. And it may sound like baby talk at first, but because it's a gift that keeps on giving, before long you'll understand how to just flow in that. It's the reason why, listen now, I, 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 just a couple more minutes, but we have in this church, God has used tongues and interpretation to speak to the church. And if you're new today, all that is is when somebody will speak out in a language that they did not know and then somebody will interpret it. 
the, the, the gift of tongues and interpretation are for the church. That's not the sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The first time you speak in tongues, that's your sign that Jesus has taken up residence as the gift of the Holy Ghost. And from that point forward, it's a language that you can speak. And the Bible says in Romans that the Holy Ghost makes intercession for us when we don't understand how to pray or what to pray. Listen, there have been times when I did not have the answer, but I got down in prayer and God began to use me to speak in his language, even though I did not know what I was saying, but Jesus himself was making intercession on my behalf. So that brings me to this. Then you look at the name until now. It's a king writer. Perfect. This to me, I was sitting in my office after our, our couple's night last night and they were cleaning up and I was trying to get ready for the day. And I, I don't even know, well, I do know it's God, but it, this just kind of popped into my mind. The concept of what this is. How do you start a fire? How does the fire of the Holy Ghost come into us? If he's going to baptize us with fire, how? this became my answer. You see, if you can see in here, this is a fancy one. Kim must have bought it. There's some fluid in here. But that fluid is useless. That fluid is useless until it is caught with an igniter. I was born of the spirit. There's spirit already in me. I'm a spiritual being because I was buried in his name. And the Bible says when I came up out of the water, I was walking as a new creature in newness of life. There is something in me but it's got to get out. There's got to be something to ignite. And I want you to notice something that I can push the trigger all day long and nothing is going to happen because there is a mechanism that releases the trigger. Can I just tell you what the release point is for you and I to have the Holy Ghost begin to move and operate in us? The Bible says it in the Old Testament this way. Enter into his courts with praise. Enter into his gates with praise. Into his courts with thanksgiving. When you begin to praise and give thanks to him, you are opening up the doors of his presence. In this case, you are pushing the release button to let God begin to move. As you begin to praise, as you begin to lift his name up on high, he be you begin to release God, and by saying, your praise is basically saying, God, I want you to come in, and so I'm asking the doors to be opened through my praise and my worship, and so as I praise and worship, I release you, God, to pull the trigger. Because the gift doesn't happen by us. All we can do is release God, because God is a gentleman. And God's not going to force anything on us. And so when we are desperate enough to tell Jesus, God, I 
am just going to worship you and praise you because there's nobody else like you. I want you in my life, God. I want you every day, not just on Sundays when the praise team's rocking, not just on Wednesdays when I'm at Chain Breakers, not just on Mondays when I'm learning your work. I want you 24-7. I want your spirit saturating me and immersing me in the glory of God. And as we begin to do that, we release God to pull the trigger. And when God begins to move in our life, he begins to send fire and spirit. John said, I baptize with water, but there come one after me who's greater than I am, whose shoes I'm not even able to loosen. He shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. So as we release him to, God pulls the trigger and fire comes. That which was on the inside is triggered to an igniter that causes a spark and the fuel that's on the inside lets the flame flow through you. Here's the thing. And here's where a lot of people get bogged down. They get fearful because of the igniter. They love what's on the inside. They love actually worshiping and praising. And they love when God begins to move. But they fear the igniter. Because what is the igniter? It's an instrument of friction. The igniter is an instrument that causes some sparks. Let me bring it into spiritual terms. It's human nature connecting to spirit nature. And if you read Romans 7, you'll understand what Paul said. There is a friction between the natural and the spiritual. And all of a sudden, it's like banging heads. And so when I'm standing there worshiping him, asking him to fill me with his spirit in the back of my human understanding and mind, it's going, you're nuts. You're crazy. You look so foolish right now. What are you going to talk like a little baby? That's just too weird. And there's a friction going on. Because on the other side, the spirit is saying, oh, but it's so worth it. It's so good. It's so wonderful. It's so joyous. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's, and so there is a friction that's taking place on the igniter between the humanity of who we are and the spirit of who we want to become. And there is friction there. But if we will embrace the igniter and say, I may think this is absolutely crazy. I may think that this is absolutely out of this mindset. But I'm willing because I just want Jesus. All of a sudden, there will be a spark in the igniter of humanity and spirit. And all of a sudden, a flame will spring forth. And when that flame springs forth, all of a sudden, a language will come out of you because now the spirit is going to say to your natural, see, I told you it was worth it. I told you it was worth it. I told you it was worth it.
God is wanting somebody to release him, to pull the trigger, and he's using your life as an igniter for his spirit. chickened out 
And I called my mom. And mom came and picked me up. And I went home. Here's the problem with that. I think it was Thursday night of that week. My cousin received the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and that ticked me off. <laughs> Danny and I were inseparable growing up. I mean inseparable. But he didn't go home that week, I did. And Jesus baptized him with the Holy Ghost and not me. And then I found out, hmm, my other best friend, the other Dan, he got it too. And then I found out my other friend Anthony, he got it too. I was mad as a nine-year-old. What was I thinking of going home? You wimp. And I don't know why it didn't trigger in me from June of my ninth year to June of my tenth year, but that, that God could give it to me at any time. It just didn't. But when June of my tenth year came around, I was bound and determined to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost no matter what. I was so in tune. I wasn't going to camp for the concession stand. I wasn't going to camp for my friends. I wasn't going to camp because Sharon Andrusik was one of the teachers. I wasn't going to camp because Roger Corn was the director. I was going to camp for one purpose and one purpose only. It was my turn. And check-in was at noon, and the first service was at 7 o'clock. Greg Bixby from Wisconsin was the preacher, and he was a storyteller of storytellers. And I sat through that whole worship service, because I'm not into music all that much. I'm ready to go to the altar! This is my 10-year-old thinking. I was so hungry for two reasons. I had already fallen in love with Jesus. My cousin of the Holy Ghost before. <laughs> Brother Bixby preached a great message. Don't remember a word of it, but it had to be great. Because <laughs> the rest of the week was wonderful. But I was so tuned in at getting to the altar. And as soon as the preacher said, let's stand. I was already moving to the altar. I'm getting this. I'm opening this gift. You said it was for me. I saw what you did for my cousin. I saw what you did for my friends. It's my turn. I'm opening this gift tonight, God, if it kills me. And I got down at the altar on my knees. Tears began to stream down my face. All of a sudden, I felt a couple hands on my shoulder. My older cousin, Andy, uh, this is uh, Paul's uncle. Andy was on one side. Sharon Trusick was behind me over here. Pastor Corn was over here. Uh, uh, somebody else was over here. And they began to pray. And they began to, and they began to just uh, worship around me until all of a sudden, the wonderful presence of God poured through me. And as a 10-year-old boy, I began to speak in a language that I had never heard before. Can I tell you how happy I was as a 10-year-old boy to receive the greatest gift in all of the world? And I, I from that day forward, 
It's real. It is real. And listen, if he can fill me, he can fill you. If he can fill Chelsea, he can fill you. If he can fill Trisha, he can fill you. If he can fill anybody here, he can fill all of us here. He is one. Listen, one of the things that God is wanting to do in 2021, I believe with all of my heart, is a brand new outpouring of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another language. It is something that God is wanting to explode on the scene. Here's the problem, and here's why it hasn't happened as often, is because those of us, I hope to convict somebody right now by the Spirit of God, those of us that have had the flame burning, we've allowed something to happen. Now I want you to notice something. The trigger is still released. The stuff is still on the inside. The trigger is still pulled. But there's no flame, just fumes. Could it be that 2020 was when God took his hand off of the trigger and asked us to reset one more time so that he could reignite us and set the flame of a fire again in us? Those of us that have received this marvelous gift, but somewhere along the line, we allowed it to burn out. We allowed it to grow dormant, and we didn't know how to get it back. Could it be that it's just a time for you and I to go back to the basics, go back to praise and worship? Let him ignite us. Let the, the natural and the spiritual come into contact, and let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn in us again, so that it's not unusual for somebody to walk in the Spirit of Grace Church, and before the day is over, they walk out of this service speaking in a language they've never done before, because the baptism of the Holy Ghost has consumed them, and saturated them, and overcome them! Why is the fire so important? I'll tell you why this fire is so important. The fire does two things. It destroys and it purifies. It destroys that which is in you that needs to be destroyed and it purifies that which is in you that needs to be purified. So that at the end of the day, the fire raises all of that which is good and consumes all of that which is bad and you can stand in the presence of God, a pure creature in Christ. Well, pastor, is this an emotional thing? No, it's not an emotional thing. Emotion is attached to it, but it's not an emotional thing. I invite you to stand. I want to give you one more testimony. I've shared this with some people before. This is not really my testimony. This is my dad's. And if he could scream down from heaven and let somebody hear this. My dad married a woman who had no clue about the church. She didn't marry him because he was a preacher. She didn't marry him because 
of any other reason than she loved him and she was marrying a hockey player that had the potential of making it big and did make it big. But when my dad quit professional hockey, he didn't secure my mother's blessing. He just did it. To my mom's credit, she didn't pack up the bags and leave. Not only did my dad quit hockey, he enrolled in Bible college. He only had a little bit left to go at the University of Minnesota, gave all that up to go to Bible college, a non-accredited ministry prep school. A non-accredited school you can't get financing for. So he had to figure out how to pay his school bill, how to pay for the house that he had when he bought, when he got his contract in the professional. So after he quit hockey, he was no way he could afford the house. And my mom didn't leave him. 1976 to 1978, my dad went to Bible college. And my mom, who attended church, and picked up on all of the different things that were required of, of being a part of that assembly. She would go in late at night with Lil Wisebro, founding pastor's wife of this church. My aunt, my aunt Lil and my mom would go in and they would make tacos for all the students, because my dad was older and Lil happened to go to school for a semester. And so they went to, they went, they would cook tacos late at night for, at the end of the year, they would do their dramas, they have late night practices. And so they would go and they cook all kinds of food and my mom paid the price. That's 76 to 78. In 1978, we opened up our new sanctuary. If you drive by it in Oakdale, Minnesota, it's the big upside down ark on the corner of Hudson Road. And, and you can see it right there from 94. The big upside down ark replaced the little upside down ark that was next to it. But when they built that church, they didn't finish it all the way and didn't get the baptism all set up. So in 1980, we would go over to the old building to do our baptisms. And one night we walked over and my mom was baptized in Jesus' name. She was the last one to be baptized at the present time. I think they've started reusing it in recent years or whatever, but at that time she was the last one to be baptized in the old church. In June of 1980, I was the first one baptized in the new church. And in 1981, pastor got up to preach, Pastor Saban. And if you could ever hear Pastor Saban preach, he was one of the finest preachers in all of church dome. He just didn't like preaching very much. He liked teaching. He was a foremost teacher of the word of God. But can I tell you that Sometimes his teaching was so deep 
so over our heads that if I was standing on the platform, I'd look across and all of your eyes would be glazed over. Am I right, Paul? Paul grew up in the same church. It was a midweek service, and my mom made a statement in the car that got my... Now, you have to remember, my dad received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when he was 10 at the same campground that I did. And he was called of God to be a preacher, and he had gone through his hockey stuff, and he had given that up for the ministry, but my mom had still not come alongside yet, had not received the Holy Ghost, had not been baptized. All of a sudden she was baptized and now she's in the car on the way to church and she looks at my dad and says, I think I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. My dad went through the roof. He was so excited. He said, oh my God, it's going to be an amazing service. The, the preachers, uh, the, the, the choir, the singers, they're all going to, it's going to be wonderful. The pastor's just going to preach an awesome message because he knows that pastor can preach an awesome message. Music was okay. And as pastor was ought to do from time to time, he came to the pulpit with a stack of stuff. Dropped it onto the pulpit. Pulled out his glasses. Said, turn with me. Now, this was before we had screens. Or we had computers, anyhow. We had screens. How many of you remember black overhead projectors? The man was famous for them. He clicked that thing on, and my dad goes, Oh, he's not preaching. Opens the word. And he starts to teach. It had to be something on the oneness, but I'm not sure. Began to break it down, line by line, and then he'd erase it. And he couldn't read half of his writing anyhow. You were just guessing at what he's writing up there. But then he'd do it, and then he'd switch back. And then there was no flow to his message because he was just teaching. My dad was getting furious. Of all the times, Pastor, my wife is ready to receive the Holy Ghost. You're not preaching. My brother was about three years old. He paid the price that night. My poor, my poor brother. My dad grabbed a hold of him, acted like Jeremy was acting up, which wasn't unusual, but at this time he wasn't. <laughs> grabbed Jeremy. He stormed out of the sanctuary, and he was pacing back there, and everybody thought that Jeremy he was just mad at Jeremy because Jeremy was acting up again. But he was so mad at the pastor. He was back and forth complaining to God. God, I've worked so hard to get my wife ready to receive home. The service comes to a close. And some of you don't maybe even remember the old organs that would go. And Mary Klepper got up on the organ and began to play beautifully as she does. But she's more of a classical Dad was wanting old time Pentecost. Get the drums going, get the guitar. He was wanting the move of God. Kathy was ready to receive the Holy Ghost. So as she started playing the organ, he got even more mad. 
Remember, this is the called preach that had gone to Bible school. He started hearing people kind of praying until somebody came running into the vestibule. Frank, Frank, you've got to come here. Kathy's receiving the Holy Ghost right now. <laughs> and halfway back, the five-mile century that we had, she was on her knees before God. And a lady named Joy Gill was down there praying with her, praying around her, and she was speaking in a blessed, heavenly language that she had never done before. It's not an emotional thing. It's a heart thing. It doesn't matter how good somebody preaches. It doesn't matter how much momentum you have. It doesn't matter how hard you pray. It matters, is my heart ready to receive what God is wanting to give to me? So my question to you today is, like Paul said in Acts chapter 9 to the believers, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? My second question to those of you, have you let the flame go down and you need to let it be reignited? Does it always happen just like that? Not always. Sometimes God lets us work through some things that are natural. You know, this actually worked better than I thought it was today. Because I've held some of these where you've had to click it several times in order to get the flame. It's the same thing in the spirit. Sometimes you gotta just keep the release and just let God keep flicking. Just keep the igniter, keep it. And eventually it just lights. So don't get discouraged if you don't receive the Holy Ghost like that. Just keep letting him press the ignition. Just keep it. I know some people that tarried for a while to get it. I've known some that got it right away. I'll never forget it. It was pressed. I don't mean to embarrass you, but we were in that sanctuary, and we had it set up a little bit so there was a hall or an aisleway right over here, and Katie was standing right over there, and I went my hands on her, and she began to speak in the, in, in the holy language of God in just a heartbeat. It was so precious. It was so powerful. It's amazing. I want more of it. So if you're here today, as they begin to sing, would you just raise your hands? First of all, let me do this. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you know you haven't because you haven't spoken in a language, or you haven't uh, spoken in a heavenly language, uh, that's 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 why you would know. If you're here today that you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, would you raise your hand? Awesome. Awesome. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Praise God. Praise God. Here's what I want us to do. Also, let me before we do that, secondly, if you are here and that flame just seems to have died down and you need the Lord to reignite you, Pentecostal terms, refill you. He doesn't really refill you. He just reignites you. You're always full. You just need to be reignited. Are you here today that need to be reignited? Would you raise your hands? Right there, right there, right there. God's getting ready to reignite some things in the spirit. We are on a roller coaster ride in glory right now in 2021. 
and it's going to get exciting, and we're going to see some things that don't make sense, and we're going to see some things that take us on a big sweep around, and we may even do a loop-de-loop, -loop and they make up all kinds of things, but God's in control. He's driving the ship. It's getting ready to be fun. Here's what I want us to do. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or if you want to be reignited by the Holy Ghost, would you raise your hands in this house and just begin to praise him? Tell him how much he means to you. In the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God, by the power and the blood of the Lamb, I, rest, I give you glory, honor, praise, dominion, and authority. You are great and to be praised greatly. Lord, now I'm asking you, let your spirit ignite in this place. Every person that has grown dormant, release the Holy Spirit into them right now. Let the baptism of the Holy Ghost overwhelm them again and reignite them in your glory. In Jesus' name, and each person now that has never received the Holy Ghost, Lord, this may be the first day that they've ever even heard about it. And this may be a journey you take them on. But I'm asking you right now to begin as a bucket of water to begin to pour out that gift upon each one. Let your spirit move right now and fill from the oldest to the youngest. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Jesus, receive ye the Holy Ghost by the authority of your word. In Jesus' name, right now, O God, I loose it, I loose it, I loose it. In the name of the Lord, I loose the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, yes. Saturday was time. There it is.
Praise God. Here's the thing, folks. In 2021, if it's promised in here, I want it in here. If it's from God in here, I want it from God in here. And it's happening. I want to encourage you. If you want to receive this wonderful gift, I want to challenge you to do what Chelsea did. Go home and begin to seek him and ask him for it. Begin to worship him. And just begin to follow him. And when that language starts coming, just let it flow. You won't understand. Don't be afraid of it. It's just Jesus giving you a sign that he has tamed the one thing you never could. You see, we can we not attain everything else. We just can't take my time. Those of you that have been baptized in his spirit already, I am challenging you, like Paul challenged Timothy, to stir up the gift. Stir up the gift that's within you so that those that have not experienced the gift when they get around you will sense the gift like never before. And they can receive it as well. Amen. What a day. In Jesus' name. Lord, I'm thankful that you saw fit to be with us today. I'm honored and humbled, God, by the anointing of your word in this house. Lord, I know that we're just a group of people dependent upon you to accomplish anything. But God, we want to accomplish everything through you. I'm asking you this week, Lord, let there be testimonies of those that have walked from this place that have been baptized in your spirit without a doubt. I'm asking you, Lord, for us to walk away from this service and head into this week for those that have had that gift lying dormant, that it was stirred up, and they recognize that it was stirred up without a doubt. Lord, and if you should tarry, bring us back together next week in the glory of your word. Lord, and let us begin to see every single week people coming and receiving the wonderful baptism of your spirit with the evidence of speaking in another language. God, let it just pour from this church. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. We love you all so very much. We're going to take about a five or ten minute break here. Use the restroom. Come back in. We want to encourage you to stick around if you would for this business meeting. Even though.